0: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 182 of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Derek Rusnick, and I am joined by a very sad-looking Caleb Walgren. We'll get into why he looks sad, but uh, right now, Caleb, how you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm happy to be here recording on a new evening. Uh, Just getting these episodes out. I know that there's always a ton of chaos, and we had uh, quite a bit of chaos in NFL news this past week. And, you know, whenever we're going to do these Brody Bites episodes, I feel like we get to talk a little bit of the flavor all around the league. And I think it's really fun, and I hope you guys all enjoy it too. But uh, uh, let's go ahead and uh, start start going through, because this this might be a little bit more uh, a Brody meal than a Brody snack for the topics. Yeah, there's
0: here. there's a couple of bites in here. We've got a we've got a, a, a certainly a, a, an amuse bouche, a appetizer, a full course meal, and probably a little bit of a dessert. So let's start that. Let's go ahead and start that off in Cleveland, as the Cleveland Browns trade for their future quarterback uh, in Deshaun Watson. The texans receive from the browns three first round picks the 2022 2023 2024 one third round pick next year in 2023 and two fourth round picks this year's and 2024 the browns get back Deshaun watson and the 2024 sixth round pick so uh, a little bit of of compensation has come out earlier this week. This is the official on the NFL wires, um, as far as as we are known. So there's a lot of off the awesome field issues when it comes to Deshaun Watson, and I want to talk about the on the field stuff. Um, I think everyone knows how I feel about Deshaun Watson off the uh, the gridiron. Uh, cause I think I've talked about that in the past. Let's just talk about um, whether or not this is an upgrade to the Browns uh, at the quarterback position. I think Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. Um, he knows how to win on teams that may not have the same talent level as other teams in his division. I mean, he playing on the Texans, he made them look pretty good. Um, but I don't know if this is a a huge upgrade, like a a level uh, of a Matt Stafford to, to the Rams last year. Um, just my personal opinion. I, I think the Browns are a good team, but the AFC is just so loaded, and the AFC North is nothing to sneeze at. So just on the on the football field. Um, I think this is an upgrade for the Browns, but I don't know if it's a huge jump, and I don't know if it's worth the mortgaging your future by having that quarterback in the in the building. So, Caleb, what do you think about Deshaun Watson and this trade?
1: So we all know that Deshaun Watson has, like you said, he has a share of off-the-field issues. I don't necessarily want to get into that either. I'm not going to say that, the, that he is fully vindicated. I know some people were tweeting that, um, looking at you, Adam Schefter. That was a pretty awkward thing to be like, and he's clean, he never did it. Yeah, I, you know, He's just not, he's not being charged. Uh, there's a difference. Um, but he's been great as an on-the-field quarterback. I think that it's going to be interesting... Because when we've seen Kevin Stefanski as an offensive coordinator and then as a head coach, he's had quarterbacks that I would describe as less mobile with Kirk Cousins and now Baker Mayfield the last couple of years. Deshaun Watson has mobility, and it's a question of how much are they going to utilize it. Because he clearly can be in the pocket and pass. And apparently he's going to be passing to Amari Cooper because everyone else, it feels like, has been cut. Uh, He's got some tight ends. Uh, David Njoku. He's got Donovan Peoples-Jones, if you want to get excited about him. I do think it's an upgrade at the position. I am curious what this is going to mean longer term. Uh, The Ravens stumbled last year quite a bit because... Lamar Jackson got hurt, and they just didn't have enough offensive strength with a lot of defensive injuries as well. The Steelers are attempting the Mitchell Trubisky experience, to be determined. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, were the AFC rep in the Super Bowl and have Joe Burrow and are on the rise, but Cleveland had their number twice last year. Granted, one was in Week 17 when Cincinnati wasn't really trying. Um, just curious, Derek, do you feel like Deshaun Watson makes them the front runner in that division? Because I feel like they're clearly more in the discussion than they were, but I still think I would lean Bengals and I think Ravens ahead of the Browns because the Browns have just had so much roster turnover to even be able to make this move.
0: Yeah, so I would say that's that's my list as well um i i know the steelers are going to win at least nine games next year mike Tomlin doesn't have losing records in the nfl he never has never will so we know that he's going to win nine games um so let's p- put them at three four uh, Bengals, you come off this a super bowl which you, you had a chance at winning um, they didn't get blown out by any stretch of the imagination uh, let's go ahead and put them at one in their division they're bringing back just about everybody. They're improving their their biggest weakness, which was protecting Joe Burrow. And then we go to the Ravens. Uh, so let's just say the Ravens and the Browns are a toss up for the second best team. I like the Ravens more. You have a former MVP at quarterback, and the Ravens are always a, a difficult team to to beat. So. I don't think this i mean even with deshaun watson i don't think that the the browns are like super i don't think this is this is aaron Rodgers going to a team i think this is a, a really good quarterback but i don't know how much that's going to help in the long term when it comes to winning a championship
1: i think that's fair i don't think this makes the browns championship contenders and i think that the browns as an organization probably feel like it does and that's where we i think you and i would tend to agree the most uh, but it does open. bring some
0: some happiness and does bring some some eyeballs to the browns uh let's go ahead and move on to the the SoundCloud face that uh caleb brings uh because Devonte adams a former green bay packer was traded to the las vegas raiders now both of us are sad face right now because one, Caleb lost a Packer and two, this Packer who is top three receiver in the uh, in the NFL right now, depending on how you want to rank people. Um, we, we went to the, the Broncos division and the biggest rival that I have into the Raiders. So both of us are sad face, but I'm going to let Caleb take this one. Um, how you feeling about Devontae Adams going to the Raiders?
1: I think that it's a really interesting move. Uh, they gave up a first and a second this year, which means the Packers have four top 60 picks in the draft. I know we're getting to our draft coverage in a little bit over a week, and it's going to be interesting to see what all they're going to be able to get out of that. You know, Do they package up to try to go get one of the elite wide receivers in this class? Are they going to bring in a potential free agent that they just haven't gotten yet, try to get, uh, I don't necessarily want to say a bargain free agent, but clearly they're not in the Christian Kirk camp or anything like that as far as spending free agent money this offseason.
0: I'm going to agree with you. So go ahead and uh, just for, this, for everyone to know that the first round pick is 22 overall. The second round pick is 53 overall. You did say that those picks were in the top 60. Um, just so that that uh, that first round pick is not a uh, huge top ten pick or anything like that, it is twenty second. But we all know what the Packers do with uh, lower round picks.
1: I do think that the interesting thing here is that Devonte. Everyone was saying Devontae got paid, but I'm not so sure that Devontae got paid. Uh, the only guaranteed in this contract, it appears to be the. Uh, twenty two million in the five year one hundred and forty thousand deal. There might be other guarantees that kick in as he goes, but they could definitely make this more of a three year sixty seven million dollar contract and avoid forty million cap hits in twenty five and twenty six. I do think it's a little ridiculous that right now Devonte Adams has the highest, contract of a non-quarterback in NFL history. I, I, he's, he's a great receiver. He's been great for a long time. He's going to be 30 this fall. And I don't know that you can justify paying 30 to 40 million a year for a receiver that's going into his later 30s. We historically have not seen that much greatness for that long and the receiver position sometimes it's you're great one season and you're not great the next so look I want Devonte to do well he's rejoining his college buddy in Derek Carr they played together as college teammates I assume they're going to have good chemistry I also think that there are a lot of assumptions about how good Devonte can be for too long to assume that everything's just going to click into place there's no such thing as a sure thing in five years. I mean, heck, we were talking about Tom Brady being retired two weeks ago. So I don't know how we're supposed to expect anything to be a, this is what it will look, the NFL will look like four or five years from now because anything can happen.
0: Yeah, so let's move on from the biggest non-quarterback uh, contract out there to the largest dead cap hit in the history of the NFL and that is Matt Ryan uh, the Falcons are carrying a uh, 40.52 million dead cap hit into 2022 for Matt Ryan and Mr. Ryan isn't going to be playing for the Falcons anymore he got traded to the Indianapolis Colts I'm I'm happy to see that the the Colts have a quarterback. Um, I was expecting other people to uh, to play for the Colts this year, but I think the I think this is going to be a kind of a retread of the Phillip Rivers years um, or year. I think he only played there for a year, um, and uh, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I, Jonathan Taylor is a great uh, running back and the key to the offense, um, and hopefully this this deep wide receiver draft will do something for the for the Colts where they can draft something that Matt Ryan can throw to but uh yeah I don't know where the what the Colts are gonna are gonna go but Colts uh, trade for Matt Ryan they're paying nine of the 49 million he is owed this year so that's a a bunch of money for a, a player that is not playing for you anymore Caleb, any thoughts on Matt Ryan um, being traded to the Colts and what that means for the Colts or for the Falcons next year?
1: I think it's intriguing to see how this will work for the Colts because I definitely think that Matt Ryan just was not a fit in what Arthur Smith was trying to do in Atlanta. And I think when we get to our next one, we'll see a little bit more of that. But I do think that Matt Ryan... I'm happy for him to basically have a chance on a contending team, have a chance to go out and get that Super Bowl that has eluded him for so long. Uh, if the Colts and the Bucks play in the playoffs, I sure hope that the Colts do not go up twenty-eight to three. And uh, <laughs> if they do, they better keep handing the ball to dang Jonathan Taylor and not. Matt Matty Ice go out and pass it 72 times like they did uh, when Shanahan was running the show. But I, I think that this is more of a, hey, let's try it and see how it works because we've got to try something and do something different for both teams. The, the Colts clearly had already traded Carson Wentz to the Commanders, and now they got Matt Ryan. I don't think it's a huge net change as far as an upgrade, but it's a change. And being able to go in and say, hey, we at least tried to get something different at quarterback is different.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to say something a little bit about that. Um, I actually think it's, it's an upgrade, a significant upgrade to Carson Wentz, and that is less about Matt Ryan and more about Carson Wentz. Uh, I think that Carson tried to do too much last year when he was with the Colts, and so if Matt Ryan comes in and just runs the plays that are called, the Colts might be better uh, under Ryan than they were under Car- uh, Carson Wentz. Um, I'm not saying that that's a, you know, they're, they're going to win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but I think they're going to be, to be there's going to be better QB record Uh, with completions and with yards probably because i think matt ryan is just going to run the plays but uh, let's stay in the nfc south when we're moving on from the the falcons let's move over to the saints because the saints have re-signed Jameis winston everyone get their crab legs out and let's uh let's start munching so the financial details were not announced but the deal has a base salary of 28 million and including uh 21 million guaranteed so up to 44,000. so it's a two-year contract with the saints i think this is a good deal in the outlook of the saints so one you know what you have with Jameis winston um, this year and then if he's not the the answer you give uh, either you can trade him on a one year you know on one year remaining on his deal and draft one of the big uh big names coming out coming out of college in the 2023 draft. Uh, so a two year deal you're looking at a lot of that because of the draft in 2023. You'll see that a lot on the quarterback market especially um you know a lot of one year deals because they know if they stink they're going to go Get a quarterback in the you know the top ten or whatever. So Jameis comes back. Um, he's been there before and got hurt last year. So this is a good deal for the Saints and gives them a veteran presence that uh, will help with the new coach. Caleb, I throw it over to you. Uh, can you catch
1: it? I can. I'm gonna go ahead and say that Jameis is a quarterback that I feel like can lead the Saints into the playoffs. They were the last team out this past year. You get, uh, obviously, they're losing Terran Armstead on the offensive line. That's some recent news. But the Saints have been a good team. It is not Jameis Winston needing to go out and win all the games, but they do need to go out and win enough games. And they were playing really well offensively under Jameis Winston at quarterback. It was when we got to the Hill slash Trevor Simeon era that the Saints really <laughs> went downhill this past season um, slash Ian Book era that lasted about as long as me saying that day. Um, but I'm excited. Famous Jameis, a number one overall pick, kind of landing on his feet. Hopefully he is healthy for the start of the season and the Saints are able to get a full 17 games out of him um, because the LASIK sure looked like it was effective for the five games we saw him
0: that that's true so uh we move on from the new quarterback or the new starting quarterback of the new orleans saints and since we talked about matt ryan leaving atlanta we have to talk about the new starting quarterback for the atlanta falcons and that's marcus Mariota. now i will tell all of my listeners out there um, i love marcus Mariota. i loved him coming out of college i loved him at oregon i loved his heisman Uh, season just one of the best dudes out there unfortunately when he was in tennessee the second overall pick he didn't have uh he didn't run the offense very well came out um a lot of times you'll see quarterbacks like that come out of those types of systems they can't run other systems and in the nfl they're not going to change their system for you unless you are Lamar Jackson. So um, Mariota didn't do very well in Tennessee. He goes to the Raiders, boo, and um, backs up Derek Carr. Has some good games last year in relief time, and uh, is worth his money. He now gets some money from the uh, from the Falcons as the new quarterback and i'm hoping that with arthur smith as an offensive minded head coach that they can do something with Mariota, or that Mariota has uh carried a clipboard long enough that he's learned uh the nfl style of offense um caleb let's throw it over to you and see if you can uh, run pass option um with this marcus Mariota news
1: so i think that what's most intriguing to me here is Arthur Smith is getting a familiar face back. You know, he was the tight ends coach of the Titans when Marcus Mariota was there. He ended up getting promoted to offensive coordinator in the first full Ryan Tannehill season. So he's worked with them. They've worked together. He knows what Mariota can do. And this is not a hey, the GM went out and got a quarterback, and you have to work with him. It is, the GM went out and got you a quarterback that you've had a relationship with, and you've got to see if you can make it work. Because I, I feel like this is really exciting for Atlanta. You're getting more versatility. You're getting a running and passing quarterback. You have Cordero Patterson back. There's just a lot of positive things happening in Atlanta despite the fact that they're eating a lot of dead cap on the Matt Ryan trade. And I mean, we can't say anything great about a lot of the team, but if you think of Jonu Smith and Ryan Tannehill, I feel like we could see a similar relationship with Mariota and Kyle Pitts. It could be a, a really True. dynamic play action passing running offense with Mariota at the helm where Arthur Smith is just able to help develop it a little bit differently.
0: That's a a great point, and I I hope that Kyle Pitts does develop. So um, I'm getting my wallet out right now, and I am pulling out my coupons because we're going to talk about a discount um, that came through this week on the quarterback signings. So Matthew Stafford, um, the Super Bowl-winning quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, gave the Rams a quote-unquote discount. Uh, for a four year 160 million dollar deal that puts him there through 2026. Uh, of this, <laughs> 135 million is guaranteed money and he gets a 60, that's six zero million dollar signing bonus. Um, yes, we have seen some absurd money going to quarterbacks recently with first starting with Patty Mahomes. And moving into uh, Deshaun Watson this year so yes technically this is a hometown discount that makes me chuckle every time that I try to try to say it Um, but Stafford is 34 years old right now he's gonna be there through 2026 so we're talking you know 37 38 39 range when this is uh, when this is up and this is a, a, a restructuring of his, of his final year that he was in, uh, clearing up nearly $10 million in salary, clap, salary cap room for the Rams. So, Caleb, um, I know that I've given you a hometown discount on my talents for this podcast, but tell me about Matthew
1: Stafford. One, I do want to tell you I really appreciate that, Derek. It, it, it definitely goes a long way. And Matthew Stafford, I mean, he wasn't the quarterback that just totally balled out and had to do everything, but he was the quarterback that was able to get it to Cooper Cup and the, the guys just a lot better than everyone else. Uh, now they're going to have Allen Robinson coming in. I think that having Stafford and especially getting his cap hit down these next two years, um, it's $13.5 million this year in 2022. 20 million and 23 and then it spikes up after that and you know what if they're happy with him they'll probably re-extend him out then push that salary cap hit down the road and keep investing because what they want to do is just make sure that they can continually get these free agents in they don't have a lot of draft capital we all know that they've traded most of that away for stafford for von miller for whoever else they need to get in there to win Super Bowls. This team is committed to winning championships, and I applaud them. I really think that what the Rams have done has been effective for them. I don't know that it's an effective strategy for many NFL teams, but it's working out in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you on on that one. If you, We'll see what happens over the next two years if they win another championship within, you know, let's say they don't do it, they don't run it back next year, but they're, they look good and they're, they're close to it. And then, you know, they're able to do it with a, uh, with that third year, you know, maybe it's worth it, but I'm going to tell you right now that in a couple of years, that draft, uh, those draft picks are going to come in, uh, come in pretty handy once, uh, once you actually have to rebuild your entire franchise. And, Maybe maybe they've already talked to Sean McVay and he says, hey, I'm only here for another four or five years. After that, I'm I'm stepping away and being a commentator or, or starting a family or something like that. Who knows what the future holds for the Rams, but for now, they're pushing all their chips to the middle of the table and going all in. Speaking of in, let's talk about a guy who is on the outside looking in for an nfl qb job so uh, baker mayfield the i mean he's still on the browns technically but the former starting quarterback for the cleveland browns um, is kind of a man without a team right now Um, so at the onset of all these trades going to different places with uh, qb hungry teams they were not, you know, these these teams were not going to look toward the draft, um, especially this, this year's draft, to fill those holes temporarily. You know, a lot of uh, draft experts are saying there's not a number one guy that is going to be a franchise changer in this year's draft. So if anybody is out there, it's probably a draft and put them away for a year or two before, Um, you know that development you're looking at developmental quarterback so uh, let's just look at the quarterbacks that are out there i'm not seeing any holes in the afc in the north you got watson you got joe burrow you got lamar jackson you got mitchell trubisky who was a free agent signing this year for the steelers the south davis mills you know there's a position there but i don't think that the texans are wanting to um to move to a bigger name quarterback And if they did, Baker Mayfield would have been in the initial uh, trade with the Browns themselves. Matt Ryan is going to the Colts. Ryan Tannehill is there. Trevor Lawrence is in Jacksonville. In the east, Josh Allen, Tua, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. None of those spots are open. And in the west, Mahomes, Wilson with the Broncos, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. So I think the AFC is completely locked up. But let's talk about a couple of positions that I think could go in the NFC side. So I have three spots that I think um, I'm going to to talk about. And I want Caleb to kind of maybe rank the level of where he thinks this could go. So in the NFC South, Tom Brady is there. Jameis Winston we just talked about. uh, Marcus Mariota is in Atlanta. But the QB spot in Carolina is kind of up for grabs right now. In the AFC East, I with the new coach uh, in the, for the New York Giants, I don't know if Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future there. They say they want to keep him around and and see what they have. But if you think your team is, is ready to compete in a very, very, very weak division like I think the backup quarterback for most of the AFC West teams could probably win the NFC East. Um, if you have a very weak division, maybe the Giants are pushing for that with a new coach. And then I look at the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks. The Broncos just took Russell Wilson from the Seahawks. They have Drew Locke right now. And so those are the three positions that I think the, we could see a Baker move to. Caleb, of those spots, or maybe one of your own that you uh, are press and digitating, um, where do you see Baker Mayfield going, or is he just a man without a mission?
1: So I think it somewhat depends on how much chaos does Baker Mayfield really want to cost. Because if he wanted, so if if he does not get traded, which I feel like these are teams that could trade for him, but they also know what... Deshaun Watson is getting paid, and they're like, yeah, you guys are going to have to cut Baker at some point. (laughs) So why should we move first? I, I don't see Seattle going for him. Just I don't think that that's the best move there. They're in more of a rebuild, and I think that they're more likely to look towards the draft to see who they can acquire there. I do think the Giants could work. I think that he would be an upgrade over Daniel Jones, but I also know that they just signed Tyrod Taylor as the optimal backup candidate that they can have, as Tyrod Taylor has done many times. And at Carolina, I'm just worried because they have so much money in Sam Darnold that they might just want to run that back again this year and see how it works. I... I think that the other two spots that I just want to bring up because I do think that there would at least be some intrigue to me, and maybe not to Baker. So I know you said Pittsburgh signed Trubisky. I agree. I there's part of me that feels like Baker has that Cleveland. You're gonna cut me. I'm gonna show up in your division. I'm gonna take like a veteran minimum, and I'm going to try to beat you twice because that's who Baker Mayfield is. He wants revenge. It is a dish best served cold, and I wouldn't be surprised if he said, I'm going to Cleveland, and we're just going to get this done. Or not Cleveland, to Pittsburgh. Not that I think Pittsburgh is like, yes, we must go get Baker Mayfield, as much as those other quarterback needy teams should. The other spot that I could see if they decided to go that way is if Tampa Bay decided they wanted to go ahead and pick him up. Baker says, you know what, I saw Mitch... Trubisky do this last year with the Bills, where he basically was a backup, didn't hardly play ever. You know, it's also somewhat of I would say a Jameis Winston route, where you're like, I'm gonna go be behind Drew Brees, knowing that at some point Brees is gonna retire. Now, Tom Brady may not retire for about another seven years, but that's just how it feels. We don't know when he will or will not decide to retire or unretire or whatever the heck Brady wants to do. I at least think saying, give me a one-year deal, let me learn behind Tom, it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I may not get after this year, and then see what market I get next year. Because you see people like Marcus Mariota, who just signed in Atlanta, and Mitchell Trubisky, who signed with Pittsburgh, getting decent money and getting starting opportunities after essentially being on playoff teams where they were never asked to really play that much. Um, I... It's definitely a deserted marketplace, and I think it's a question of how much does Baker choose that he wants to start versus how much does Baker want to potentially take a gamble on a bigger picture. I'm not sure where his priorities lie at this point.
0: I have a wild card that I want to throw at you. Because of the -the off-the-field drama of a certain team, Let's uh, let's get Baker and Cliff Kingsbury together and let's trade Kyler Murray elsewhere. Baker goes to Arizona.
1: Do you think Baker would ever sign to play with Cliff Kingsbury?
0: <laughs> Never. <laughs> but um, would I would love to have... Yeah, I want the chaos. Uh, I would say the moment that Baker... Uh, backs up Kyler Murray or takes a place. That's when Lincoln Riley leaves USC, goes to goes to the Arizona Cardinals to coach just just because. So with that being said, uh, we appreciate everyone listening to our Brody Bites episode. Like I said, full course. Um, you were sitting here for a while. The uh, the waiter was making sure your glass was refilled with water. Um, if you want to. Tell us where Baker Mayfield should go. Go ahead and reach out to us on Twitter, at Brody Talk. That link and all of our others is on our link tree, dot e e slash Brody Talk. If you have the ability to leave us a review, we feel that we're a five-star podcast. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review. So on behalf of myself and Caleb, do me a favor and have a wonderful day. Bye!